Hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're having a fantastic day today. Lots of news stories we're going to be covering, and something that I saw earlier this morning, and it's continually become coming out now, and this is why I've tried to wake up as many people as I can, is now a whistleblower from the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, which they operate, he operates in about a network of 35 hospitals in Western PA, has described now how the latest surge of COVID cases has been completely overblown and manipulated by the media. He said during this period, hospitalizations have increased from 96 beds to 600 beds. He said, but almost all of them were patients who were kept in observation overnight with little to no symptoms and zero deaths resulted. He said, however, the media reported that there was a 600% increase in the Pennsylvania hospitals, which sounds absolutely dire, right? 600% increase in hospitalizations, which that's really easy to fudge numbers. He goes, for example, if you have five patients and it goes to 25 patients, you've got a 500% increase. Sounds terrifying. But what's ironic about it is the 8,000-bed hospital system they have, he said that they have reported zero COVID deaths so far. But again, the media is now coming in and saying, hey, there's these deaths, there's this death, the numbers are rising, the toll keeps going up. Why? Because any person that dies automatically gets a nasal swab as soon as they die, post-mortem. And if they're dead and they test positive for COVID, even if it takes two, three, four, five, six tests to get basically a false positive, they get put down as a COVID death. And I've explained to you how the PCR test works. And it's something that I, you know, it was interesting last night when my buddies came over and something that just really kind of made me think for a second. He we worked out with me quite, quite a bit on and off and he just got back from Georgia, was up there with his in-laws. His, his wife's family, and they're real staunch Christians. I've met them before. I know them. They're good people and uh, real nice family. Uh, his father-in-law's been a pastor for like 37 years. I mean, so they, they've been in it their whole life. And it's funny. So he went up there. You know, he was down here with me in Florida, and he went up there with his family, and they went out. And he said, it's funny, his sister-in-law, every time they're about to go somewhere, she goes, well, make sure you have your mask. Everybody have their mask. If you don't have your mask, they're not going to let you in. You better have your mask. And Kobe's like, Okay. And so he goes to a bunch of the stores, and she goes, oh, you need to have a mask before you walk in. They're not going to let you in. He's like, okay. He walks in. Nobody says anything to him about it. And uh, he said everywhere he went, everybody had masks. He's like one of the only people that wasn't wearing masks. And finally, finally, he's in Goodwill with his wife, and his wife's looking at a bunch of, like, knickknacks in there. And after they're in there for, like, 20 minutes, a lady walks up to him that works there and basically says, sir, you have to put on a mask. And he goes, no, I'm not going to put on a mask. He goes, A, I've been here for 20 minutes walking around. B, I'm not going to wear a mask. And she goes, well, you're going to have to leave the store. He said, okay. And he just stood there waiting for his wife to check out, sat there for like five minutes, and they just sat there and just stared at him. She goes, sir, you have to put on a mask. He goes, no, I'm not going to put on a mask. She goes, we have to leave the store. He goes, okay, I'm leaving the store. She goes, well, we're going to have to call the sheriff's department on you soon if you don't leave. And he goes, Okay, that's fine. Call the sheriff's department. <laughs> I'm leaving here in a minute. She's checking out. I'm not putting on a mask. And he said the, the woman was so flustered and so irate and could not figure out what to do because he wouldn't wear a mask. And he finally left, 
and he said it was the most bizarre thing he's ever seen as far as with so many people that he said, and this is the part that got me, he said, you know, his in-laws, right? They're big Christians. They said they know the virus thing is a complete and total scam now. He said they know the virus is real. Obviously, there's numerous viruses that are real, but this whole thing is being used as a giant scam. But they wear the masks because they don't want to deal with the excessive conflict when they go out. That's what they said. And he goes, what's so funny, he goes, I brought up the aspect of the mark of the beast. And all of a sudden, no, 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 we would never take the mark. We would never do that. You know, it doesn't matter. We, we're not going to take the mark. We know that. We know we're Christians. We know it says Revelation. So he goes, well, if you're not going to take the mark, but you're complying to wear a mask solely for the purpose of you don't want to have any conflict, why in the world would I even think for a second you guys are going to resist a mark if you comply this easy with wearing a mask for a virus that has a 99.8% survivability rate? And they said, well, you know, the mark's different. It's just different. We're not, we're not going to do that. He, go, he just kind of laughed. He goes, you guys basically speak out of both sides of your mouth. You, you, you contradict exactly what you're saying. And he goes, it's a joke. He goes, if you guys actually were in your convictions and you stood strong in what you believed, you would say, you know what? We already know the virus has basically run its course. Majority of people have either had it, going to have it, or already had it and recovered from it or didn't even know they had it. And he said, this, this is ridiculous, guys. And I thought about that after he said it, and I thought – how much truth is that, though, that so many Christians want to run around and pull the hoorah, hoorah card? We know what Revelation says. We're not going to take a mark. We're never going to comply. Oh, hold on a second. Let me, let me put my mask on real quick. I don't, I don't want anybody to say anything to me when I walk in the store to give them my money. So I'm just, i got to put on a mask real quick and muzzle up so they won't say anything to me. And I just kind of laughed. The more I thought about it is the irony of how many Christians run around and talk such a big game right now about how they're not going to do this and they're not going to get a mark and they're not going to comply. But they're some of the first people that muzzle up and put a muzzle on their face because they don't want to have any conflict at all whatsoever when they go out in public, Dad. I just thought that was a uh, just kind of food for thought of the morning day, Dad. <laughs> you know, Austin, I had a, a pastor who basically uh, his father was like world famous and I got into this discussion with him a few weeks ago about basically not complying with the new world order and not complying with governmental mandates that are not constitutional and that are not scriptural and that are just trying to impose tyranny and he and I got into a pretty heated discussion and he really said that you know he says well you don't think that we should have to listen to the government I'm like not if what they're telling us to do is opposed by scripture or bringing in a new form of tyranny. Absolutely not. I don't think we should listen to them. You know, I said to him, I said, what about the whole abortion issue? I said, what about that? I said, do you want to go ahead and promote abortion because it's a government law now that says that abortion is illegal in all 50 states? He said, well, that's different. I said, why is that different? I said, do you want to go ahead and promote homosexual marriage? Because homosexual marriage is now legal in many states. He goes, what's different? I said, what's different about it? I said, what's different about it? You know, it's like you said with Colby. Because I was in there last night when you were having a discussion with him. Where do you draw the line as a Christian? If you know that the government is doing you wrong, if you know that tyranny is prevailing in the United States, if you know 
that from a scriptural standpoint, you're supposed to resist evil. That's what the Bible says. Then why do you continue to go along with a mandate that you know is being used to condition the people of the United States and of the world to accept the mark of the beast or accept the COVID yep. shot? And a lot of these yep. same Christians, and I don't get me wrong because I'm a Christian, but a lot of these same Christians won't think twice about taking that shot. They'll do it immediately. They won't even think about what it's going to do to them, their DNA. They won't even realize that it may be the mark of the beast. It may be something that's going to kill them. They simply won't care because the government, of course, the book of Romans says to obey those above you, but they take it out of context. They'll just take the shot. They'll bend over and take the shot. Why? Because they want their normalcy bias to continue. They want to be able to continue to buy and sell and trade and go and do what they want to do, and that's what it all boils down to. You know, Robert Shuler said it so succinctly one time, even a dead fish can float downstream. And we don't have to be dead fish. We don't have to be that. I mean, you know, you think about it right now, with, and we talked about this in, in yesterday. You didn't hear yesterday's show. If you missed yesterday's show, you need to listen to yesterday's show. But we talked about the state of the Christian church right now and where it stands in the United States. Let's look back in Germany with the rise of fascism, the rise of Hitler, and the rise of all the different things. I mean, the Christian pastors stood back and didn't say anything. They didn't say anything when Hitler rose and started hauling people off into, you know, work camps, concentration camps, re-education camps, whatever you want to call them. And he's, they just let it go. L look what happened in Russia. The priests stood against, you know, Stalin, and they were rounded up and killed by the tens of thousands. Killed. And the people did nothing. See, the problem that we have here is that lemming mentality. Because everybody's wearing a mask, so will I. Because everybody's complying to an edict or to an order or to an unconstitutional mandate or whatever you want to call it. We're supposed to all comply now and not ask any questions. Like, what's in the vaccine? No, you can't say that. Say what? What's, you can't ask a question? No, you can't ask that question. Well, why not? Quiet, peasant. Just take the shot. And see, this is where we find ourselves in the United States and globally. My German relatives, I am so disappointed in them. I'm not kidding you guys. They have completely and totally wussed out on all of this stuff. The fact that Angela Merkel is still the doggone you know, chancellor over there blows my mind. I really does. I mean, keep talking about it. They're like her and Benjamin Netanyahu. They're both put in positions of power by the Kabbalists, and neither one of them have been taken out because the Kabbalists don't want them to. Now, Israel's saying they're going to have another set of new elections again because they still can't get Benjamin Netanyahu out of office. Well, it's because the Rothschilds don't want him out of office. The Rothschilds don't want Angela Merkel out of office. You know, you need to take a look at how much energy it takes to promote somebody to a position of authority like Netanyahu or Angela Merkel. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of marketing, a lot of advertising. And when they get somebody in that position, which is basically a, how should I say this? And, uh, you know, they're reading a script and they're basically being told what to say. And everybody knows who they are. They become a household name. You know, it takes a lot of energy to replace that person. In order for them to be written out of the script, they have to do something really, really extreme like, oh, well, everybody knows that Obama's gay. And everybody knows that his wife is a tranny. What do you mean by that? You know, a transgender. Everybody knows it's okay. Semi-quote Joan Rivers. And suddenly, she gets herself written out of the script. 
Suddenly she's gone. Suddenly she's dead. You think, well, what the heck? Well, yeah, that's the extent of their resolve. When they build a narrative and they make somebody famous and they give them a lot of money or a lot of prestige, if you start asking the wrong questions or saying the wrong things, suddenly they find you with a heroin needle in your arm. Though you never used heroin before. You weren't even into drugs, but suddenly you're a long-term systemic heroin user and you die of an overdose. Or they find you drowned in a bathtub. Oh, yeah. So when you start running your mouth and you have a position of power or authority or a high visibility in the new world order, you better keep your mouth shut and do what you're supposed to do and read your script like Tucker Carlson does. Guys, we talked about this in length the other day. And now there's videos coming out with Tucker Carlson wearing a red string, a red Kabbalah bracelet, a red string around his left wrist. Now, does that surprise any of you as my listeners? I've told you this for years. That this guy was basically bought and paid for by the New World Order. He's being used as basically a pressure release valve. You know, in other words, when it gets so bad with the right, we can't take it anymore. Tucker Carlson comes out and says, Oh, by the way, we're going to fix this. And a pressure release valve goes off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday, I sent out an article with Tucker Carlson wearing the red Kabbalah string to one of my friends who's a nationally known talk show host. And, oh, my gosh, did I get eviscerated by my friend. What do you mean? He's the only person who has your back. He's the only person out there saying what needs to be said. And I emailed him back, and I said, really, dude, do you believe that? See, Tucker Carlson reads a teleprompter, and somebody else was writing his script. or a body double or whatever the heck she was. She died, I believe, long ago, and she was basically reading a script. And they needed her to be written out of the script so Trump could put another Supreme Court nominee in so they would have this election overturned or whatever the heck they wanted to do. I don't know. But the whole thing is complete and total confusion right now because this is what they want. They want total confusion. And every once in a while, you have somebody who basically stands against this, like our Governor DeSantis. Now, everybody is slamming Governor DeSantis. You know, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis told reporters on Monday that public schools will remain open despite the parabolic rage of COVID-19 cases. That's a lie, by the way. According to AP News, which is owned by the Rothschild banking cartel, along with Reuters, DeSantis strongly argued against lockdowns and stated they do not work. He goes, closing schools due to coronavirus is probably the biggest public health blunder in modern history, the government said it, the governor said at a news conference. DeSantis said that the state school system would remain open while pointing out countries like Sweden and Denmark and Germany and Switzerland all kept children in schools despite the rapid rise of the virus in their respective countries, adding that these European countries kept their schools open without negative consequences. Guys, the chance of a young child coming down with COVID is virtually zero. And, you know, and now we have kids that are failing school, wanting to drop out of school with this virtual school they're putting and setting up. We're destroying the very social fabric of our society. And the other things we're doing by all the social distancing and all the other things we're doing is we're not allowing people to gather and to discuss what's really going on.
Think about that for a second. They're not allowing us to go in and have conversations with our family. No Thanksgiving for you, peasant. No Christmas for you, peasant. This is where they are. Because they want us to be socially distanced, and they want us not to discuss what we're talking about right now. It's interesting. The American Greatness magazine came out with an interesting article. I've posted it on the website. And it says, intersectionality has turned on the left. Now, what does that mean? Well, here's, what it, here's how the article starts off. Since the days of Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Coalition, the left has fantasized by gaining great power by bundling together a host of victims. That would be, you know, all the people that have been done wrong by white people. Against a monolithic oppressor, that would be the white people. Since most esteemed figures of Western civilization have been proprietied heterosexual white males. Here we go. Now we're going to say it. The left assumed that they could assemble a winning team by offering solace and snacks to, quote, queer people, people of cover, color, women, and the working class. Of course, the working class, alas, fell out of favor in this coalition at some point, replaced by a smattering of groups represented by the ever-expanding acronym of LGBTQ+++++. Once upon a time, signs indicated a strategy of coalition building would work. Women are about 50% of the electorate, and African Americans way more. And then and it goes into detail. I'm not going to read more of this stuff because it, it's a good article, but I'm not going to read through it because I've got too many other stories to cover. But the reality is, is this is what the, they tried to do, you know? And said, and finally, the final paragraph says, what looked like a surefire monolith against Trump turned into a babbling and confused gaggle running around cities with incomprehensible slogans, what looked like impossible odds for Trump turned into colossal rallies and the most stunning monoliths of 2020 the 72 to 80 million who came out and who voted with Trump with no regrets. Guys, what we have here is a group of communists that did the same thing in the Russian Revolution that are trying to break all of us up into special interest groups. Why are they doing this? Because it's easier to conquer 5 people versus 50,000 people. It really is. I mean, if you've got a group of people that have co coalesced and they've come together and they've said, you will not conquer us, we will not allow you to do this, you got to break them up into special segments. You know, that's why they're coming after white people so much. You know, you know I'm not getting, I'm not going to tell you that every white person on the planet is a good person because they're not. But, you know, it's not, but not every white person on the planet's a bad person either. And see, and this is the problem that we're running into here in the United States. They're doing everything they can to destroy the very fabric of our society. And that means basically they're going to destroy the very internal mechanisms of the United States. Why? Because this is how they have to bring in their new world order. And see, this is, you know, look, look, look what's happening in all of the cities right now. We've had this perfect sense that, you know, the cities all over America are slashing police budgets as crime rates soar. You think, why would they do that? Why would they slash their police budgets as crime rates soar? Because that creates more chaos. And this is where we find ourselves now, in this chaotic mess in which, you know, Attorney General Barr, which we slammed him yesterday on the show about being involved with what happened at Ruby Ridge. And when the FBI sniper blew Randy Weaver's wife's head off while she was holding the baby on her porch, absolutely not having any malice or forethought or holding a gun or anything, he basically was exonerated by Barr. Barr is a deep state swamp rat. 
and now he's coming out saying there is absolutely no evidence of voter fraud in this election that would have changed the outcome, whatever that's supposed to mean. And now Trump's people and Giuliani are saying that the F, you know, that, that the Department of Justice has done absolutely zero investigating into the voter fraud. Remember what I told you guys weeks ago when all of this started? I said, it'll be up to our Justice Department, the Attorney General's office, to go in and really investigate this stuff to bring charges against these folks. Well, they haven't done it. Why? Because the deep state bar swamp rat hasn't wanted to do that. Because remember, he is neck deep in all of this stuff. He's probably so compromised. They probably have so much stuff on him as far as blackmail. He's not going to do it. Same thing was true with Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions. Sessions. I mean, he wouldn't do anything with Trump. I mean, it was ridiculous what was going on at the beginning of Trump's tenure, his presidency with Jeff Sessions. But yet, why is it that Attorney General Barr hasn't been fired? Trump still could fire him. Why isn't it that he never got rid of Sessions in the beginning? You've got to ask yourself these questions. See, they want this narrative to play out so they can create maximum amount of destructive energy in all of this stuff. Now we've got this group of people now in, in Washington that are a bunch of atheists and a bunch of weirdos, and they're now wanting you know, Biden to go in and start hammering churches and a lot of the stuff that you know, has been done by Trump. You know, in fact, the articles I got it posted, it says, citing the rise of Christian. There we go. You should might as well say white Christian. Might as well say, might as well say white male Christian nationalism. <laughs> might as well, might as well call it all out. Be, as, be as, as absolutely anti-white as you can. Citing the rise of Christian nationalism, secular Democrats unveil sweeping recommendations for Biden. Now, you think, what are they wanting to do? Well, they're trying to undo everything that Trump tried to put together. A Democratic group dedicated to representing secular values, and they're basically, they're atheists is what they are, unveiled a state slate of recommendations for President-elect Joe Biden's incoming administration on Monday, November the 30th, outlining a sweeping agenda designed to roll back many of Trump's, President Trump's actions involving religion and to restore a vision of constitutional secularism, I mean atheism. And this is interesting. The 28-page document crafted by Secular Democrats of America, the PAC, is being represented to the incoming administration by Democratic representatives, the Jewish Jamie Raskin and devout atheist Jared Huffman, <laughs> both co-chairs of the Congressional Free Thought Congress. Now, you know, this is crazy. Now, the SDA's agenda offers a wide range of policy recommendations to push back against the so-called Christian national movement, which the group describes as an extraordinarily well-funded and well-organized, I wish it was, phenomenon whose extreme and sectarian agenda was on constant display under the Trump-Pence administration. Now, you, I'm going to post this article so you guys can read through all of it. But then I love the final, listen to this, this is so funny, the final paragraph says, we are optimistic that under your leadership, this would be to Biden, it will no longer be a momentous and historic occasion when non-theists, instead of calling themselves atheists, they're now called, they have to make it politically correct because atheist is a title, they can't have that so now they're going to call themselves non-theists it'll be a monumentous and historic occasion when non-theists atheists, are acknowledged and treated with equal respect with our brothers and sisters of faith Newsflash, buckwheat! You ain't my brother and sister. I, I don't. I'm, I don't like you. You, you. you coming after me like this is ridiculous. And the document reads, addressing Biden directly. 
Now, I'm going to read that again and take all my commentary out of it. We are optimistic that under your leadership, it will no longer be a momentous and historic occasion when non-theists are acknowledged and treated with equal respect with our brothers and sisters of faith. <laughs> that document reads addressing Biden directly. Guys, newsflash. You're not my brother. You're not my sister if you're not a Christian. If you're an atheist or if you believe in a snake in a tree or if you're a weirdo. Now, I can be friends with you, and I can respect your opinions, but I don't agree with them. And I don't have to be mean to you and put you down and all that kind of stuff, but you're not going to be my brother or sister because you can only be that if you're in Christ with me as far as from a theological standpoint. So I get absolutely just just <laughs> frustrated often when I read stuff like this. And these guys are now trying to make it politically correct that there are brothers and sisters with their complete and total atheists or worship a snake in a tree. I mean, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. So is this what they're hoping for for a Biden presidency? And is the Trump train still on track as far as overturning the election? You know, is Barr going to be instrumental in stopping the Trump train? Wow. Guys, like I told you a few weeks ago, if you're not energized by all of this stuff and you don't find all of this stuff interesting, I don't know what it would take to get you activated. <laughs> I really don't because this is something that's nuts. And same thing with it. But, but again, listen, yesterday I went to a Hobby Lobby with Sharon. I got dragged over there for, I think, four and a half minutes, and I went inside. But I sat outside and talked to a guy on a Harley, and he was with the Salvation Army. And I gave him you know, a dollar. And I, and I talked to him, and I, and I said to him, I said, you know, but I said, here's the deal. I said, I'm giving you a dollar because of the fact that you're, you know, or maybe the day before, because you were basically doing, you know, this out here without a mask on. And, guys, you got to ask yourself a question. Where do we draw the line? Do we draw the line after they take all of your rights away? The churches in California are now saying that they're actually considering reopen because of the Supreme Court. Well, they should have already reopened because of the Supreme Court decision. I mean, what does it take for a church or for a Christian to wake up and say, enough? That's my question, Austin. What do you think? Oh, that's a very, very direct question, and I think a lot of people really need to answer it and ask, ask themselves that seriously. And the reason why they're putting a lot of this information out there, like you just read that article, intentionally, like the guy goes, my brothers and sisters in faith. And what you said was very accurate. The reason, the main reason why they're doing this is they're trying to bring it together as a one-world government under a one-world religion. So it doesn't matter if you're an atheist. It doesn't matter if you're basically a Muslim. It doesn't matter if you're Buddhist. It doesn't matter if you're Christian. They want everybody to be one with each other and to have peace and unity. Now, that's what they claim. And we know that's not what they do, because the left is probably the most intolerant group of people, the hardcore communists, that we've ever seen in our lives. So what they do is they play the role of pacifists, of we want to have peace, we want everybody to be our brothers and sisters in faith, even if we're not the same religion. It doesn't matter, we're all one. And then when we take a step up and we go, no, we're not okay with a one-world religion, we're Christians, that's it, Period. There is no Christian Lam or any of these other mixed religions they're trying to build now. And all of a sudden they go, oh, you're intolerant. You're a bigot. We can't let your kind be around. We're going to have to re-educate you. This is not okay. 
And that's where they start pushing this. So as soon as you don't agree with what they say, as soon as you don't go along with their plan, they automatically go and eviscerate you. And this is what we've now seen all across the globe. And this is why social media has gotten so horrific over the last couple of years, is they were all prepping for this. This is why I've, I've written, I wrote an email not too long ago to our Governor DeSantis, basically thanked him, told him to keep doing what he's doing, keep trucking on. We appreciate him, we support him, and he's doing the right thing. And I know a lot of other people that have written emails. Now, did he see the email? I don't know, probably not. I'm sure that man gets so many emails, it's got to be insane. He probably has multiple people read all his emails for him. But the reason why I've been doing that is because I want to try to encourage him, because he's like one of the only governors that's been vocal and standing up against this pandemic. One of the only ones. And I mean, he's he stood his ground on it repeatedly, even re-basically signed the executive order down here saying that you cannot be fined for not wearing a mask. There's no state, city, municipality can fine you for not wearing a mask. I mean, that, that was a big deal, because as you know, there's, there's a lot of areas around the country right now that, I mean, you don't wear a mask, they try to fine you. You've got to really, really stand up for your rights. You have to really, really take a stand. And that's why I was so proud of my buddy yesterday when he came back and he told me he was in Georgia. No, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to deal with it. And the ironic part about it is, is I'm going to reiterate this, the people, majority of them, that are wearing masks know that the virus is not deadly to them. If you're basically a health, you're healthy. They know that it's not like he told it was. We know what the CDC number said, but they still continue to wear it out of compliance. And that's what dad is asking. At what point in time do we stop complying? At what point in time do we no longer listen to unhealthy edicts like wearing a diaper on your face and recirculating your CO2? Just a question. At what point in time do you draw the line in the sand? Because the time is coming. The time is coming very soon where people are going to have to figure out what side of the fence they're on. And I mean that sincerely because I'm, I'm, I'm completely over these pastors and these Christians that I thought stood for freedom and liberty and Christianity and biblical beliefs that have just completely and totally submitted and gotten on their knees like a good little peasant and said, oh, guess what, whoa, 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 whoa. we're one of the problems here. Is mask required to come in our church, guys? It's just policy. I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to be mean. You just got to wear a mask to come in here. Guys, what point in time are you going to draw a line in the sand with it? Now we basically have multiple airlines including basically the IATA, which is the International Air Transport Association, has now announced this week its final phase of development, which it hopes will be universally accepted documentation to boost confidence among weary travelers. And they're moving ahead with plans to ensure coronavirus vaccine means tourism and travel. They said testing is the first key to enable international travel without quarantine measures. The second key is global information infrastructure needed to securely manage, share, verify, and track and trace test data matched with traveler identities in compliance with all border control requirements. Wait, what did I just read there? They, they, they intentionally made that sound convoluted. The second key is global information infrastructure. Understand what they're saying here, guys. They want to have a full database of every single person in the entire world, and you're monitored, tracked, and traced for your protection. You have to have this tracking trace on, this app trace on, app track. Uh, this is getting so frustrating to me. 
because they want you to have this app on. They want your phone to monitor you where you go. And what's interesting about it, when the when they reached out, basically, when asked how airlines were going to handle the rollout of vaccines, including how knowing if someone's going to be vaccinated, they would not answer the question. They completely and totally sidestepped it. This is their answer to that about vaccines. Well, we're committed to restoring service in a manner that prioritizes the safety and well-being of our passengers and employees. What? Trying to answer? Well, yeah, they did answer it. If you listen close enough, people will tell you their intentions, even if they don't say them verbally. They're telling us what they're about to do with this. They're about to mandate vaccines, and they're about to make you have an app on your phone that makes you go get tested just so you can fly. This is one of the greatest restrictions of human rights that we've ever seen before in world history, the ability to fly, which has only been around around 100 years. And now we're basically taking it and we're saying, hey, guess what? You don't have the right to travel anymore. You don't have the right to fly. I mean, of course, it's for your protection. You know, it's all for your protection. But you've got to get tracked. You've got to get traced. You got to be monitored. You got to get tested, and you got to be vaccinated because we got to make sure we know where you're at all the time in order to protect you. This is the giant lie that's about to land on top of everybody's head here in the near future, and the vast majority of people have their heads in the sand and don't want to believe it's about to happen. And that's my question that I pose to the Christians: Where's the line going to be drawn? You're just going to comply again, take the vaccine, get the tracing app? I mean, I, I love traveling. I guess my traveling days are over unless I find somebody that's got a plane. I can pay for the fuel or something. It's expensive, you know. I don't, I don't do all that. That's, that's where this is headed, guys. This is exactly where they're doing it. And the only reason, the only reason they will get away with it is because of compliance. If you say no, and the vast majority of the world says, no, we're not going to do this. You're not going to track us. You're not going to chip us. You're not going to vaccinate us. No. The answer is no. No, 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 and no. The airline companies will go, oh, we need another bailout. We need more money again, which they're asking for again now. They're asking for another bailout again which they're the ones that are basically promoting their own demise by kicking passengers off the plane for not having the mask all the way over their nose, seeing videos of it. I mean, I mean just try to eject them off the plane because it you know, falls below your nose. They're doing it to themselves because they're told to do this right now. If everybody says no, guess what? It's not going to fly right now. It's going to deal with it. I'll deal with it. I'm not going to fly. And everybody started doing that, and the airplanes are sitting on the tarmac completely empty. There's nobody buying tickets. Nobody's flying. Pretty soon they're going to go, eh, you know what? This whole tracking and tracing and chipping and masking the populace to fly, they're not going to do it. So we're either going to have to figure out how to be compliant and let them do what they want, or else we're just basically going to have zero revenue. People are just going to stop flying. In most cases, flying is not a necessity. Unless, like I said, you're trying to get over to Europe, you can drive pretty much anywhere in the United States, and that's where the next chip will fall, my friends, if we don't stand our ground and say, no, we're not going to comply with the vaccines with these airlines. The next step will be motor vehicles on the ground. They're not going to do it fast. It'll be very slow. It'll be like I said the other day. 
They either won't let you renew your driver's license, or they'll say, oh, if you need to get a new driver's license, or you're 16 and you're getting a driver's license, you basically have to show this right now, because, you know, you're young, and you're going to be driving, and you're going to be exposed to people. It's all for your protection, and that's how they're going to roll it out, if they get away with it. So again, like in, in uh, Dana, uh, the Welsh right now, I saw this earlier today, Wales, the health minister, Von Getham, just confirmed today, he said that people will be getting a credit card size immunization card, which states the type of vaccine and data was administered. That's what he said. Those receiving a COVID-19 vaccine will be given the credit card sized NHS Wales immunization card and will have the vaccine name, date, immunization, and batch number of each of the doses written on them. This will act as a reminder for a second dose and for the type of vaccine, and it will also give information on how to report any issues you may have with this vaccine. They're starting, guys. It's rolling out. So, again, where is the line in the sand for you? Where's your conviction? Do you want to get a vaccine? That's, that's your choice. If you decide you want the vaccine, an RNA-based vaccine, that's the kicker with it. There's so many people fail to uh, forget about intentionally. It's an RNA-based vaccine. I don't have enough time on the show to go through it all again. If you've already heard it, you know. If not, go research it. An RNA-based vaccine that has never been approved by the FDA for human testing, much less rollout, ever. The FDA has said, no, we do not know the unintended consequences. This is the FDA. They said you could look this up. For years, they've been trying to come out with RNA vaccines. This isn't just all of a sudden now. They've been trying to work on this for like 15 years. FDA goes, no, dude. There's too many scientists said this stuff has unintended consequences. We're like rewriting people. You can't do this. They go, no, 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 no. Now, all of a sudden, an RNA vaccine that skips primate and ferret testing gets approved for Fauci through Moderna. And they go, okay, we're going to roll it out now with the shortest health test and clinical trials ever in recorded vaccine history. And we do it with an RNA vaccine that we have no idea what's going to happen to basically our genome over the near future. And people go, well, it's not that bad. What about the people that are getting it right now? I don't know. What about the people that are getting it right now? What are they getting? You know what they're getting? I don't know what they're getting. I don't know what's going to happen to them in six months, in 12 months, in 18 months. I don't know what's going to happen to them. We don't even know what's been happening to them for the last three to four weeks. The only information that we get taught is basically get told is whatever Moderna or Pfizer wants us to know, as we've already seen now with the numbers and the way they have basically twisted the effective rate. Is very, very creepy. I saw that the other day. They've completely and totally manipulated the numbers, which, again, that's what they do. It's not hard to do when you basically are being paid to run the data on your own product. <laughs> so, again, my friends, do your own research. If this is something that you're okay with, if this is really okay, the new normal you want to have to show your immunization card and go get injected every single time. Remember, this won't be the last vaccine. I promise you that. If people comply... This will not stop. This will continue to go on and on and on and on in perpetuity until the population is so sick and so unhealthy that people are going to not even realize what's happening. Because remember, the vaccine already has to be administered twice. We don't know what's in that second vaccine. You may get the first shot and you may go, this isn't a big deal. I kind of, you know, I feel real good for a day or two, but I'm okay now. I'm okay. I dealt with it. You go get a second shot. Then you get sick again. You go, oh, I'm, I'm sick again. Okay. What's it going to do to your immune system long term? What's it going to do to basically all types of autoimmune disorders in the future? What's it going to start doing with 
cancer in the future? What's it going to start doing with allergies? All these things that we know vaccines have been attributed to, especially in children now, because they've already done research, I've talked about this before, that unvaccinated children are significantly healthier and have much lower cases of health problems than unvaccinated vaccinated children, especially when it comes down to long-term issues like behavioral issues, respiratory infections, ear infections, eye disorders, eczema, dermatitis. They're all much higher in vaccinated children via unvaccinated children versus unvaccinated children. So we know this. So if you know this pro- that can be a problem and you know that COVID has a 99.8% survivability rate, why in the world would you even comply in the first place, even if you don't have a problem with vaccines, why in the world are you going to take a shot? And it goes right back down to what my buddy said yesterday to me, because it's easier to get a shot and be compliant than it is to stand your ground and deal with conflict for standing up for your convictions on what you believe. And that's the area we find ourselves. Are you going to comply because it's convenient or are you going to stand your ground because it's the right thing to do? That's what you have to start asking yourself, Dad. You know, often I remember in Nazi Germany they made the uh, Jews wear you know the Star of David. I mean, they actually had they actually pinned it to their clothes, and they did it voluntarily. I mean, they did it. They marked themselves so they could be basically subjugated. And you know, and so it kind of reminds me of that. It's kind of like you know, we, you know, the people are being subjugated by forcing us to wear a mask to force us to basically be you know a serf or a peasant or a less a lower class of person basically dehumanize you and remember these guys that run this world that I talked about this in depth yesterday you know they hate god and they hate us cuz we're created in god's image and are they going to use the rna vaccine to rewrite our dna so we're something other than this something other than an image of god are they going to rewrite our dna to separate us from god I mean, you have to ask yourself all of these questions. I mean, why would you take a vaccine for a product, for a, for a, for a virus that's 99.8% curable or you recover from it or you don't even know you have it? It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. But again, because they control the media, because they control both sides of the politicians, I mean, remember, Donald Trump is the one who's pushing for Operation Warp Speed, lest you guys forget that. He's the one who's came up with this whole name or, or somebody else came up with the name but he came up with a he, he started pushing it to us Biden wasn't doing that Trump was doing it and so we have to ask ourselves I mean, Trump's the same guy who said that he wanted to do investigation and hire Kennedy to come in and do something when he was running for president in order to try to figure out what was going on with the vaccines why so many kids were coming down with autism now all of a sudden he's pushing the vaccines you know the Daily Beast editor now is calling for humiliation and incarceration for Trump supporters. This is a liberal rag, of course, but I want to read you part of what the far left really thinks about you. We've been discussing the rising threats against Trump supporters, lawyers, and officials in recent weeks from Democratic members who are calling for blacklists to the Lincoln Project, leading a national effort to harass and abuse any lawyers representing the Republican Party or Donald Trump. Other call, others are calling for banning those complicit from college campuses. Wait a minute. So if you're a Republican or you're a nationalist, you can't go to a college campus. Why others are still demanding a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to hold Trump and his enablers accountable for the crimes they have committed. Now Daily Beast editor-at-large Rick Wilson has added his own call for humiliation, incarceration, and even ritualistic suicides. 
wait a minute, ritualistic suicides for Trump supporters in an unhinged, vulgar column. Wilson declared only exposure, pain, humiliation, and incarceration shall lead to a moment of reckoning for the GOP. Okay, is this where this is going? Well, you know, let me tell you something, Mr. Wilson. Here, here's the problem you're going to run into. You start pushing people to this level with ritualistic suicides, what are you going to be, a self-induced suicide? Are you going to be a forced suicide? Or are you going to be a staged suicide? Is, is this where you want? I mean, what is wrong with you, Wilson? Has somebody dropped you on your head when you were a child and you would write something like this? Because somebody disagrees with you politically? Or are you so twisted and so reprobate that you believe your own columns? I'm asking Mr. Wilson that question. Because quite frankly, guys, what the heck humiliation and incarceration and ritualistic suicide for Trump supporters? Well, it's not Trump supporters guys are going after. Quite frankly, it's white nationalism. That's what they're after. And, you, and there's some blacks that are nationalists too. They're going after them too. You know, look at Candace Owens. You know, she's supposedly a, a nationalist, though I don't even think she lives in the United States. I think she lives in, in England now. She married a, an Englishman. So whether she's even in the U.S. or not right now, I have absolutely no idea. But, you know, it's interesting. Years ago, there's a movie that came out. I actually like the movie. It's called Tombstone with Kurt Russell. And you guys, you know, you've heard me quote parts of it before. And at the very end, he basically gets his U.S. Marshal bag, badge back, and he has some guy, I think it was Ike Clanton, down on a, on a railroad terminal ramp and basically cuts him with a spur and says, you know, you call down the thunder and hell's coming with it. And, you know, and, and so... That's kind of a loose quote. You guys can watch the movie. But here's an article from the American Freedom Campaign, and it says, Extreme evil is coming, and hell is coming with it. In case you wondered why I mentioned that movie. So cowardice in the face of this evil, refusing to take risks to remain free, guaranteed a deserved slavery. In other words, if we're not willing to stand against this, we have guaranteed ourselves a deserved slavery. Although tyranny may successfully rule over foreign peoples, it can stay in power only if it destroys first all of the national institutions of its own people. In order for tyrants to claim and retain total power, the people must become ignorant of their own history and roots and must through propaganda and fear be so terrified as to abandon all logic and responsibility in order to seek a false safety. In this country today, history and tradition are being destroyed, while ruling class and government have stoked immense fear based on propaganda campaigns that have been used to create a make-believe threat called COVID-19. Every element is now in place to transfer all power to the state in order for that coup to be successful for the tyrants. All dissent and disobedience to totalitarian mandates must be squelched. The key element to accomplish this lies in the ability of the government to instill division and distrust. I'm going to rephrase that. It lies in the ability of the people who usurped the government, the Kabbalists and the international bankers, to instill division and distrust among the people themselves so, so much that the masses turn on each other to assure compliance. Put on the mask, peasant! You're in my room! Yeah. In order to have a false sense of security. This leads to voluntary servitude, which is the final and is vital to the evil governing system, because once force is the only option for the state, chaos, revolution, or violent civil unrest will replace tyranny. So what they're saying is they don't want violent civil unrest or revolution 
or chaos to replace the tyranny. Instead, they'd rather have voluntary servitude, which means the peasants will wear their masks. And they will let the peasants enforce their own mask guidelines by the peasants telling the peasants to put on your mask. That's a really good article. You guys need to read it. I've got it posted, you know, on the website. By the way, Parler now, the big alternative to YouTube, is being slammed by adult content. Now, why would they do that? Why would they take a pro-nationalistic social network, pro-network of Christians, and slam it with porn? Well, it's very simple. They want to have the ability to cause problems with the expansion. Parler's gotten so big so fast that people are leaving YouTube by the millions that now they've got to say, and they promote this on you know, national news, that Parler's got a porn problem. Why? Because the vast majority of us don't want to look at porn. We don't want to do that, and we don't want this stuff popping up on our doggone screens if we're watching a video. So what are they going to do? They're going to come in now and attack Parler and other alternative media platforms as they come out to allow us to have freedom to see what we want to see without having all of the bias and all the censorship and all the shadow banning that's being done by the major folks. Now, you know, Trump's saying that he's not going to pass the National Defense Authorization Act if, if, these, if, if, if these people are allowed, you know, the ability at this point to continue to censor the media. You know, it's what's funny about all of this is I don't even think Trump has the ability to do that because we've already got a veto-proof margin as far as the massive amounts of Republicans and Democrats who are controlled by the state who've already passed the National Defense Authorization Act. But, you know, it makes for good rhetoric for Trump, doesn't it? Because, quite frankly, you know, that way he doesn't have to try to do it because he can say it was veto-proof. Here's the article. Trump declares law protecting social media a national security threat, vows to veto military spending bill if it is not repealed. So you guys can watch and read this, too. I've also got this posted on the website. So, you know, guys, what's interesting to me is this. We've got so much and so many distractions from all these different levels coming at us all at once. It's important that we maintain focus on the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ. Because the guy who basically is the stout atheist who said that the brothers and sisters in faith, I don't know who he's talking to, but, you know, the Bible's very clear. It, Jesus said this, there's only one way to the Father, and it's through him, period. And if the churches will get back on that faith, that statement of faith, that statement of fact, and change this inclusive doctrine they've come up with, it could change everything. But guys, remember, Jesus Christ is the author, he's the finisher, he's the perfecter of our faith, and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And today is the day the Lord hath made, that we will rejoice and be glad in it, that we're born of a spirit of power, you know, in a sound mind, you know, when we accept Christ. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys so much. You guys are absolutely awesome. Awesome. Uh, go ahead and finish it up, Austin, and we'll talk to you about tomorrow. God bless. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I've continued to tell everybody is essentially, I mean, when you mask up, it, you're, 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 you're fearful. You're showing your fear. You're terrified either of a virus 
or of reprisal from what other people are going to look at you. And he nailed it on perfect. That's it. That's what they're doing. They're getting it to a point where everybody's at each other's throats because you got the mask wearers and the non-mask wearers. That's why they're pushing this agenda so hard. They might wonder why this has become such a horrific topic in the United States because obviously they're not working or else we wouldn't have these record numbers that are going up, sports what they keep telling everybody, even though those are all completely and totally fabricated and manipulated. So if that's the case, why are they pushing this agenda? When, like my buddy says in Georgia, everybody's wearing a mask when I went up there. You just go to Orlando's, everybody's wearing a mask. So if they're so effective, how do, how do we have these record numbers everywhere? Well, because it doesn't matter if they work or not. The numbers are still going to continue to go up, 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 up because the main goal is the vaccine. Also, to another news, I saw this, and this is how tyrannical these guys are getting. Dr. Muntu Davis, who is the Los Angeles County Health Officer, okay? He's been the health officer since 2018. He now came out and said, essentially, not wearing a mask is an act of domestic terrorism. I kid you not, that was his quote. It said, it was his quote, if it were up to me, Anybody not wearing a mask when they are out in public would be arrested. That's an act of domestic terrorism and should be treated like one. Are you joking me right now? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's how far left communist these individuals are that are trying to push these mandates. Not wearing a mask is an act of domestic terrorism. Basically, it's the same context of going and doing an Oklahoma City bombing because I didn't wear a mask because I don't like to suppress my own oxygen and increase my CO2, and that there's no legitimate research that proves masks work against viral exposure. And here's my thing. If you really feel like you need to wear one for a viral standpoint, you really have a health condition. I get that. I, I'm going to respect that. If somebody has a viral health condition or they have a serious health problem and they want to wear a true mask like a 850 double can respirator that has viral filters on it i fully support that if you really are that concerned about your health and you have a lot of autoimmune disorders i do remember your eyes absorb viruses my friends just like your mouth does so if you're really concerned about it you need to have a full respirator on notice when the doctors and nurses are working in the extremely bad COVID wards months ago, remember, remember what they're dressed like when they go in there? They're in full head-to-toe hazmat suits. Why? Because that's the only way to protect yourself against viral exposure and transmission. You have to wear a full suit. You got to have your wrist taped up. Every single possible exposure to air has to be covered. News flash. That's what's so funny about this whole thing. When you see people walk around with net gaiters on and their chin straps and everybody's doing it because they know, the vast majority of people know, the virus isn't a threat anymore. But the vast majority of people don't want to have any issues with compliance and conflict when they go out in public. And man, what a pitiful, pitiful way for America to go down the toilet. I mean, it really is. You think about it. This this will be on America's tombstone, and everybody wore a mask, even though they didn't want to and they knew it didn't work. Rip America. That's it. That That's what's going to be on our tombstone unless people actually grow a set and start walking around, proud Americans, with their shoulders back, breathing fresh air, saying, I'm an American. I'm a free man. 
You're not going to tell me to put a muzzle on my face. I'm not a conquered slave. This is truth. This is freedom. This is what I believe. This is my conviction. I will stand true to it. That's what everybody needs to start doing. They try to find you, they try to find you. They try to arrest you, they try to arrest you. Trust me, there's many, much worse things that can happen. <laughs> so again, I encourage everybody. Thank you for standing your ground and speaking your voice and making it heard. Thank you for continuing to spread the truth, forwarding these shows, signing up for our newsletter if you want. We get information to you that way all the time. Send articles to people who have on our website if you want. Wake people up. This is America's last and final stand. And if we don't do it, who's going to do it? We're going to have our kids do it? Or our little five- and six-year-old kids in elementary school that are told to stand in square boxes six feet apart and wear a mask out in PE? That's what they're training them to do. That's why the vast majority of people I know, they're starting to pull their kids out of school. I'm, I would. I'm not. My, my kids aren't going to public school. We're in private school right now. Not until we can actually have a legitimate discussion with the school board and they will listen to me about these completely and totally horrific mandates and causing our children to deprive themselves of oxygen when they need it the most during their growing phases. Nobody will listen to me. None of the school boards, I've tried to talk to multiple people, nobody, nobody was here. And I'm like, okay, have fun, enjoy it. I'll still stand my ground and I'm holding my conviction no matter what. Thank you my friends again for the support. Thank you for supporting Health Masters. If you need anything, give us a call. 1-800-726-1834. The product of the week looks like the winner is zinc glycinate. Great formula for your immune system. We also have the vitamin C powder, capsules, and the gummies for the kids if they want to try those as well. Vitamin C, D3, keep your immune system strong. Keep up the fight. Keep yourself in shape. Continue to speak your mind and be free. You guys have a fantastic night. Stay safe. I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.